Monday, November 9th, and the year of our Lord 2020, our Lord Satan, apparently, until this week. <laughs> we were supposed to record Wednesday, but we decided to postpone waiting for more election results to postpone until Friday, because then we would also have Mandalorian to watch and talk about. But then life happened, so then we postponed until Sunday. And then life happens some more, and so now here we are on Monday. But we're not going to stop. I was I was getting a kick out of it because I was telling my wife that uh, we had to cancel because life came up on Sunday, and she's like, "Why mm-hmm. didn't he understand that his wife, or his girlfriend, was doing something?" And she didn't know that I had canceled on you on Friday. But that's our little secret. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty good. But. Uh, <laughs> She's like, why doesn't yeah. he? Why doesn't he have a schedule? Like, well, he, I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't. It, if he's, if he's a little behind, uh, like he can't do it. That's cool. Like, I'm not, I'm not in a rush. <laughs> I mean, it just gives us more time to have more juicy details to talk about. Um, probably the most eventful week of 2020, because obviously nothing else has happened this year worth talking about, other than having to wait almost seven days for election results. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because we all knew that it was going to take a while just because of the COVID, the COVID and the mail-in ballots. Yeah. But we yeah. all kind of got this idea that Joe Biden would easily win in a landslide, which was stupid because he is Joe Biden. Um, and yeah, well, because uh, I don't want to fully blame it on Joe Biden per se, because there is clearly, I mean, Donald Trump got more votes than Barack Obama did, still. Yeah. So it's uh, you can't you can't really blame. I mean, and even with that, like Joe Biden still did, he got more votes than any other president in history. Mm-hmm. So people were excited to vote. A lot of people came out. Yeah, exactly. You just. And I think uh, that kind of democratic paradigm that we've all been kind of telling ourselves for the last 20 years is that the, the dem- you know, the Democrats, we're just, it's just a waiting game for all the white people to die out and for more, you know, eventually people of color are going to, uh, outnumber the white people and then we'll just win which is i think on further examination was always a foolhardy adventure because people a no no some game (laughs) demographics change and black and brown people don't just vote democratic democratic because uh the republicans are that bad like i 
that that is true, but well, that only goes also, so far. And yeah, and it also goes kind of to your point that I think you've been beating a dead horse over all year, mm-hmm. uh, probably actually since like 2016. Um, that you know, when you're on the bottom rung, anyone on top still, you know, they're both shitting on you. So what does it matter? Um, and to a better extent, what I would say after, especially this election, with how much of the um, like centrist Democrats had a hard time winning, but the distinctly further left, you know, as they want to say, the curse word socialist Democrats, um, those people did very, very well. And so I think what a big part of it comes down to is that the centrist Democrats are basically just like conservative white. And so it doesn't really separate them from the other party at all. So it's like when you look at it and you're like, well, who am I going to vote for? Well, what does this guy say? Well, he says that. And what's this guy say? Well, he says the exact same thing. He's just, it's just. Well, he doesn't say the exact same thing. He says a I'm lighter not that version guy. of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or that. Yeah. But it's, so it's just, it's very much this thing that it's like, it didn't, there's not enough to separate them from the Republicans either. So it's, it, so honestly, like why to some people, they totally would be like, well, what does it matter who I vote for? So I get that now. And, and I think, I think, you know, I'll still buy into the idea that the Democrats have a better electoral advantage if they actually advocate for something. If they, if they yes. just say that they're going to not be the other guy and we're all going to work together and it's and not actually advocating anything, which is what the centrist Democrats are, uh, it's, it's not a winning strategy. And, you know, then when they, they, play along kind of uh, social issues on things, which I think are just as important. But when you don't have any economic message to go along with it, you can't, you have to, you have to do, you have to do both things at the same time. And they'd much, this is, this is kind of led onto my entire delusionment this week, which I think, if I understand it correctly, you're you're pretty happy about the results, and I I think I'm actually pretty uh, I'm pretty upset not upset but just disillusioned <laughs> with yeah. the situation we're now in. And I knew this would be the situation, but I was still kind of holding out hope that you know we would win the Senate back and would gain house you know house seats and so on and so forth. But then again, I knew that. Joe Biden was running for president and they were basically just saying we're not Donald Trump, which was the Hillary message. And it worked this time. But I think as you look at all of these close races, it was all these, uh, you know, Muslim people in 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 Michigan, um, Hispanic people in Arizona and African-Americans in Philadelphia and Atlanta that delivered the election for Joe Biden. It wasn't the Republicans that were like, oh, I don't like Trump or these suburban white moderates. It was those, those are the people that delivered the election. It, it was the democratic base. It wasn't, it wasn't uh, these people Joe Biden was targeting. Like if you look at the, the exit polls, at least that we understand and which I understand can be a little bit all over the place, but they're pretty, usually pretty, you know, I don't know. 
But basically, the Democrats net gained negative uh, three Republicans. So like 90% of Republicans voted for Donald Trump in 2016. And now 93% of Republicans voted for Donald Trump in 2020, which means that the entire Lincoln Project was Got him. <laughs> an absolute utter failure. But then I start thinking about it hey, more. They know, did exactly what they needed that, to do because – That 3% might have just been from the Lincoln Project. <laughs> right. But these people – these people got exactly what they fucking want. This is what's so fucking frustrating about it, and I'm going to fucking swear, but – the point is, is they got everything that they wanted. They have divided government. They have a centrist uh, president who wants to just make a deal. And yeah. they, they don't – they could easily push their, uh, their cards in the table for uh, all that money that they've raised. They can now use however they want and basically ensure that a Republican wins – the, a Republican, the Republicans win again in 2022 and then win the presidency in 2024. And I think if the right. Democrats don't do anything that materially – that changed the material conditions of people that voted for them this time, that said, I – okay, fine. I know they're both the same and I – you know, but I know that Trump is worse and we should get rid of Trump. All those people, when you go back to them in 2024 and say, hey, you know – this Josh Hawley guy is really bad and we got to vote for Kamala Harris. Like it's not going to, it's not going to work. And especially if they haven't done anything. And that is what I'm so upset about is that it was really the most democratic and I I, large D democratic thing they could do is they just completely fucking bungled it and they got the presidency. So what did they really gain? Well, they gained the cabinet, they gained um, the ability to, you know, fix basic, it's, it's what I'm, and, and this, I know this sucks, but if we can at least get like somewhat of a transition into normal functioning government, that would be great. That's even two with, and a half months even away. With, yeah, 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 even with McConnell's obstructionism, there's still stuff that they can do, they can get around him. Um to an extent um i just you know like so obama 2024 2012 2014 i guess right yeah that's what we, that's what we got obama yeah. 2014 well except with with less of the uh well i don't know i mean biden's he's like i'm a i'm only going to be a one-term president so maybe he's just going to become maybe he's going to come out swinging who knows maybe we'll see i'm he, not optimistic he's, if he's if he's definitely planning on only being a one-term president, that means he doesn't care about trying to get re-election. So he doesn't care about adhering to, you know, the the general public to keep to get again in four years, which is what throttled Obama in the first four years greatly. Um, but I think this is so maybe, again you know, you're being aspirational on something that we know he isn't capable of or hasn't shown that he is capable of. Now again, I, mean, I don't know. He's he already could be come out of the gate of it, swinging, but he's got he's already got a, a, a COVID um, task force that's like ninety percent scientists. Um, you know, like the only thing we haven't seen from him exactly is like his uh, his what his sort of cabinet is going to be. And I wish he would kind of 
they would get on with that and announce some of the people so he could be like or like you know, like, like Mitt oh, Romney cool, and uh who else are they quoting? Yeah. Like it's it's complete and utter and like and this is what's so frustrating about it is that like the it's already like to I I think my my whole perspective on Joe Biden at this point is that he is he is the enemy and I think that's how he should be viewed from a progressive lens going forward. Because again, I going through our podcast again, that's what I was talking about. I was saying that the argument for Joe Biden was that Joe Biden is not Donald Trump and we would be in a better position to fight with Joe Biden than Donald Trump. And I think we shouldn't posture and say, well, he's, He's our Democratic president now, and we'll let him do what he needs to do, and we're going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Fuck that. He doesn't I'm deserve that. I'm always going to give them. No, I'm yes, not going does. to do that anymore. He I'm just not. because the benefit of the He does not. You don't know what he's going to do, He does though. not deserve the benefit of the doubt. This is, this, I'm going to say this you right now. You don't even know for sure that we don't dominate the House. You don't know for sure that we don't dominate the Senate, because the voting is still not done fully counted. So... Yeah, and, yeah. And the same so thing we're going to happen in the midterms in 2018 that we already that we had maybe. We are not going to gain any. I think we're going to lose at least As five. We, no, we might gain some because look, the same thing happened in 2018. On the night of, they were like Democrats failed miserably, they didn't win anything, blah blah blah. And then by the time the counting was done, it was a blue wave. And sure, I I I see all and that. But still then, a what did Nancy that that Pelosi do with that blue wave that she had? Well, the, she only she had did nothing. The house, I oh, understand. On. But what did she do with that that power that she gained controlling the house? They did a lot. They they floated a bunch of bills. Right, and then what did they, they do after they floated those bills? But there's nothing they, they can do. They attacked Ilan Omar. For no, that's true. For and the, all the news cycle wasn't about their HR one, which is about like voting rights and actual really good things. It was about how Ilan Omar was an anti-Semite and that we're not going to stand for this because this is the thing: <laughs> is these these centrist Democrats are not your friend and they should not be viewed that way. Now I understand we just had an election where these people. Our, our option because it's a lesser of two evils or whatever you want to whatever you want to argue with the devil you know right but they're still the devil and they should be viewed that way they should be viewed as tools to what you want to do now you can pressure those people better than you could pressure Donald Trump that's for sure yeah but they shouldn't be viewed as your friends or as people that should you can work with other than you pressuring them to work with you because you have some kind of leverage. And in any way, since they're going to lose some seats, the progressive caucus in the in the House will have a bit more power. And I think at least one thing that has me optimistic is that they will use it. Unlike yeah, most of sure. the the other the other Democrats. But this is this is what's so frustrating about this, and now I'm kind of getting going, but like these these people, like, what did Nancy Pelosi do with her time? She passed a couple bills in the House, which were good, 
and then she went after Ilan Omar. Then they decide they refuse to impeach Trump. They just re- like we can't do it. We can't like it has. And then they found like a specific mm-hmm. thing that they could go after him. And they said we're not going to investigate anything yeah. else. We're going to investigate just this thing in Ukraine, and that's all we're going to do. And that's what they did, and they failed, like they always fucking do. And then what did they do? Then they 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 go on and they they pass a stimulus bill, which is mixed, but they got something out. I understand that. But then they yeah. pass another one. And now what does Nancy Pelosi do at the end of her at the end of the session right before the election? Which is she withholds getting a deal done when they wanted to get a deal done. Now I understand that would have given Trump a win. But what that also means is that now that Trump has lost He's not going to do anything for another two and a half months. So in in I don't in, know that in he was going to do anything anyways. And no, at but the same time, extent, you keep but, saying, but oh, I'm they saying were that those people could have. To, but what was the deal? But I'm saying those people Is, could have actual benefits. People that are unemployed could have a little bit of help now. Versus maybe I didn't now see they're not going to get any help, and then they're not going to get any help after Biden is elected because who? runs the fucking Senate. Mitch McConnell. We don't know yet. We don't don't know yet. yet. We have two seats in Georgia that we're going to fight like hell to get elected. And that's a a long shot. We have to be honest with that. I'm not saying it can't be done, but it's a long shot. Now, what happens... We might... I mean, I I could see it splitting. Yeah. Almost. That that might... Um, I think that's more likely than anything. But that, again, that's not a majority in in the Senate. And who controls the Senate? Mitch McConnell. And what is Mitch McConnell going to do now that he has no uh, he is now in the the defensive position as as an obstructionist in the Senate? He's going to stop any meaningful change, any any bipartisan uh, or not even bipartisan, any kind of aid package for coronavirus for the economic fallout that's going to happen in this country due to coronavirus, which is already happening. What is he going to do? He's going to say we got to cut programs because we're running an incredibly large deficit, which again is bullshit. Right. But that is what they're going to push, and and they're going to cut. But the programs they're going to cut aren't going to be the like useless ones like military spending and things like that. Of, of course, course not. But th- this is this is my point. Is Space now, Force is going to get all its funding. This is this is what we have to deal with now. Because well, that's and, but that's not now. That's what we've been dealing with forever. Like it's not. But it's, my point is, the Democrats point is are that, going to be four ter- <laughs> one term, one term in the presidency if they're not able to do anything. Now, yeah, they they could do things to actually get their people involved and and work to their advantage. But you have a president that his entire history has been one of working with Republicans to go to war, to cut taxes, to try to cut Social Security, to write the bankruptcy bills that basically have fucked a lot of people in this country. And this is our president. This is our hope. Now, yes, you could say Kamala Harris is there. It's a great hope. Okay, whatever. (laughs) She's the vice president. She is not controlling Joe Biden, at least that we understand. I don't think she's a Dick Cheney type figure. No. And so No, she's not 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 what Biden. is she gonna so let's say Jill Joe Biden, Biden is a be. one term president, which you keep talking about, and then Kamala runs in twenty twenty four. And what does she have to show for it but four years of obstruction? And who is gonna get blamed for the obstruction? 
The Republicans or the Democrats? No, of course not. It's always going to be the Democrats. Of course it is. We know this. I know and this. And this is why I'm incredibly upset and frustrated. And I don't, I don't view this in any way as a, uh, like win. a win. Like we, we, we basically are a tie. It's like a, it's level playing field. It's 2016. It's, you know, basically we've moved back. So now we're at 2016 with a divided government and basically nothing to, to show for it, nothing to demonstrate to the people. Now I'm not saying that these people can't be pushed to do good things and so on and so forth. And I think that should be the goal of any activist uh, and progressive group in this government should be to push Biden. That should be the yeah. number one objective. I'm not saying to give up. I'm just saying that the situation is not a good one and it is not a victory. It is not a like, oh, yes, we're good. Let's go back to brunch. Like, I'm not saying that at all. And I no, think that's what I no, no, no. like. Basically, you know, what what Joe Biden has is he's like now like the Democrats are now in like a, a position of aesthetic dominance that they control. They are now the president. Right. But they have no real power mm -hmm. to do anything. And that is what's incredibly depressing and frustrating about this is that they basically I mean, like they basically had an opportunity to wipe out Republicans because who were they running against? One of the most incompetent and stupid and feckless presidents in our recent history who basically allowed 230 people, thousand people to die on his watch because he bungled the coronavirus response. And they could barely win. And I understand you can blame uh, racism in this country and so, so many things for that. And I, I think that's definitely true. But for something to be such a fucking layup and to fail is, is incredibly Democrat and on brand for their whole, uh, their whole endeavor. But I'm just, I'm yeah. just not very optimistic. I'm, I'm still going to to fight and to push these, try to push these people. But I'm not very enthusiastic about a Biden administration. I don't think the Biden administration is your friend. I think he is now your opponent you need to push and not not the one that is uh, I mean, I definitely agree with that. And but th at the, that's all, at the that's same all time... I'll let you talk now, sorry. <laughs> yeah. At the same time, like, it's, it's still a win. It's still under the win category because... Um, there's so many things that are now going to be even, even if, okay. So even if Joe Biden is like this massive centrist asshole, he is. And, like, and, okay. I, I get it. I get it. Just shut up and let me finish. <laughs> <laughs> so even if he continues to be the centrist asshole that just does what, you know, like, you know, middle of the road, what the middle of the party wants and just, you know, toes the line all the way through, even if that's the case. And I know like your response to this is probably going to be, oh, great. We're back to the racism of the 1990s and 2000s. Um, but, you know, that's not what I'm talking about. And there's again, I know how much you hate this, but there's a bigger picture at play here. We're going to get able to get a functioning government in places that we haven't had functioning government that whole draining of the swamp campaign that was completely the opposite of what happened can now be more rectified 
So we have a DOJ that's not um, sycophants that are just doing that aren't just the president's personal like um, law army. We're going to have the EPA, the FDA, the FTC, the SEC, the FEC, which I don't know if you know this, but the Federal Election Commission hasn't been able to operate since like 2017 because they've intentionally kept people out of it so that it doesn't have a quorum and they can't actually do anything. So there's a myriad of charges that are laid up for Donald Trump just in federal election like rules and regulations, but they can't do anything because there's not enough people there. Specifically on purpose, they've left people out. We're gonna get the USPS back. Like that's huge, that's a big deal. The one thing that does kind of suck is that the and I think this is a bigger point that you neglected is that we lost a lot of governor races. The yeah, local I didn't elections. even mention that. I should have because yeah. I think that would have because that's going to be shitty because the local elections we missed out on because it's a census year, which means it's redistricting, and they're going to just fuck over. They're going to gerrymander the fuck out of things, and so. But still. There's a, there's a lot of things that are going to get back into a working order. And the reason why I say this is a good thing is that now we can do something about all these people that have been corrupt and gotten away with stuff because they were all interconnected in this, you know, swamp, as Trump loves to call it. And now we can actually like, there's a possibility that we could impeach some judges that shouldn't be there there's a possibility we could um how you know what if we i i mean the thing is that this is all going to be hard because the senate still is i mean it's still up for grabs but let's assume it just goes the way that it we expect it to go and mcconnell's in the driver's seat the thing is though is that you can still what you do is you just start pushing these bills at them and you just keep throwing it in their face and you keep getting them to vote no on them. or And you just have to expose them as much as you can for doing those things. And you and that's the thing that I think Pelosi really failed at more than anything, is not just like constantly forcing them to be on record as saying these things don't matter to us. We're not going to vote on it or we're going to vote no and just block and block and block and block. And they need to like do that constantly and constantly force them into this p- rough position. And then in the meantime, you get a DOJ and a corruption group because they can just, you know, they can just make shit up. So they can just be like, oh, well, now we've started a House of Representatives uh, corruption investigatory whatever. And they start going like, hmm, who should we look at? This Ellen Chow's got some cre- like really suspicious activity. You know, <laughs> like, And then all of a sudden, Mitch McConnell's got to be like, ah, shit. So I, I agree there are you. ways I to do these things. These are good ideas. But and what, I, I'm just what about like, the current leadership makes you believe that they're actually interested in doing any of it? Oh, come on. You don't think Pelosi is not just like foamy at the mouth? Why didn't like she? Anything I could, why didn't any she? Any leverage no, I she's, she's foaming at the mouth about attacking progressives for undermining her majority. That's what she's about. Right. And, 100% though. You're 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 totally doing this as like a so let let me as it because let it's me a direct let me have my couple counterpoints thing. to your point. So <laughs> okay. number one, you already had all your mine were counterpoints. Number one, number one, my whole argument is about the bigger picture. It's about 2024. It's about 
the ultimate democratic failure. That's what I'm talking about. Number two. No, and I agree. Number two. Uh, what about the Democratic Party is not corrupt in general of the, the centrist Democrats that take all the same money from all the same interests? And who and, you know, the, the Democratic Party is literally run by the two top uh, fundraisers in the party, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Right. That's why they have their leadership positions. And I had a third point, but uh, but I think those are 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 pretty good for right now. Because it's just this is this is why I'm so pessimistic about it. I think what you said no, that. is I, very but I'm, is but the I'm way to go. That but I'm just not sure they're going really to do counterpoints it. to your points. My points aren't really because your points still stand no matter what my points are, and my points are simply that there's. I think people just underestimate how much corruption and how much of this like bleeding of the like from the jugular there has been in this past administration and now we can actually like and the problem is that there was so much that now we have to go in and we have to actually like we we have to get to a point where we can even make the progress that you want to make which is gonna suck because like i said and i said this before we even got to the election before it was even the first day of voting i said the problem is going to be biden's going to get in there and they're going to do all the stuff to just even get us back to zero of what Trump has done and what Trump has ruined. And it's huge that they were able to even get us back to that. But because people like you and a lot of people are going to be like, but... But how do you sell that to the voters? That's my question. I, I know. And it's it's hard. And that's... But see, the thing is, is that it's like... It's very... <laughs> It's very anti-socialist of you to take away the labor that they have done and not count it. <laughs> uh, not really. You worked in the VFX industry for way too long. I get it. Like we're people talking just about taking all the credit for the work the that you did. <laughs> we're talking about politicians here, which I don't I know, think but I'm are just saying part of the working class. I don't think you could designate them that way. No, I mean, they're public servants. It's a different thing. But the point is, is that it's how do you blame them for doing everything they could just to get us to even a point where they can start to do things that we want? Because I, they I think put us in that position in the first place. That's why. Sure. I, that's why. I mean, that is why. And again, this is all Obama's fault in the, and, and, you know, thanks Obama. Come on. It goes way back before Obama. Well, it of course it does. And Clinton before and before him. Yeah, of course, Jimmy Carter, it's, and the first they've always been parts of two steps behind. They've always been two steps behind. But I don't think they've been um, two steps behind. I don't, I don't view it that way. I think they have a different worldview than you and I do. And just because they're on our team, we think we have to we have to tread water for them, which I just don't think they yeah. deserve anymore. They really don't deserve it. And the people that are exciting and that are winning votes and that are winning elections are are the progressive wing of the party. Are the, right. the Black Lives Matter the AOCs, the activists, Mars and the, you know, yeah. Corey Bush won. Like all of these people won elections. All of the people that AOC backed in Congress for the reelection won reelection. Like, and people that she backed for new positions, they won too. Absolutely, everybody she backed won. Now they all blame her, and they say, "See, this is this is why I'm taking an antagonistic position to the." 
mainstream centrist Democratic Party yeah, right. is because they have already taken an antagonistic position towards us. And if we're not smart enough to realize that and to realize that these people are here to fuck us if we don't use our own yeah. power in our own party to 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 minimize them and their power in the party, which they have the power right I now. I totally agree. We are I mean, going I, to I lose. Totally and that is all I'm saying. <laughs> and all I'm saying is I totally agree. But at the same time, you cannot... We, we have to figure out a way to... Like, have people understand that there is so much rebuilding that has to be done. It may take a while before we can get to a point that we can even get to fun topics you know like but, it's like no like we got to give you back the united states postal service like do you know how much like we got to start there like we can't even how are we going to rebuild businesses and taxes if we can't even mail stuff to them you know like of course but yeah and, again or you would just be like no burn it all down we switch everything to the internet for the last 30 years democrats right. and republicans and this is this is this is what i like you know, I'm not going to be this third party nut that's just like, yeah, the left wing and the right wing are all in the same bird, man. Like it's it's not that simple. But I'm just saying that these these people, there is some truth to that idea that they're all part of the same thing, and they are, yeah. and they should be called no, out agree. for that. And I understand yeah. your your technocratic argument that Democrats are better than Republicans. I agree with that. Like, you know. Neoliberal uh, multiculturalism is better than neoliberal fascism. I agree. We have no disagreement <laughs> here. But they're both neoliberal and they need to be called out for it. And I'm not going to carry water for them anymore. I'm not going to say that they're the good guys. They're on our side. They're not really on our side. They wanted our votes. Joe Biden wanted African-Americans votes. They wanted other minorities. They wanted They wanted our votes to vote for them. And unless they're actually going to deliver to these groups of people that they needed this last time, we got to get Trump out. They had to get those people. How do you expect those people that came out finally and were like, yeah, I don't really care, but I'll go out and get rid of Trump. If you don't do anything for them and then you come by four years later and you're like, yeah, Trump's back and uh, we got to get rid of him again. And you're just like, what did you do for me? Like I actually got yeah. my situation is now worse, and what what are what what are you gonna say to them? You can't go back to them and say, like, yeah, I know, I know. Last time we said that we needed you, but we really need you now because this guy is way worse. And then I think that's that's the argument of of the perpetual lesser of two evils is that it just keeps getting eviler and eviler, and then you don't like. I understand. I can have yeah, that. I, I can still make agree. that decision every time. I, but I'm just saying, if you're trying to get a new voter or a person that doesn't normally vote that you want to bring to into the table, like you need to do something for them. Like we can have these yeah. abstract, I you know, thoughts about like the Democrats right, are better this, than the Republicans. The but same, it just right. But so here's the same issue, and and I agree with you 100. percent And I know that this is going to be a problem getting it through to the Pelosi's of the and the Feinsteins is that they they even if the and the issue is going to be that they're 
it's going to be hard for them to get anything passed. But I think what they should start doing, and I'm, you're probably on the same page with me on this, is that they shouldn't, they should, they should be like, we know that the Republicans are going to want like these crazy, stupid compromises. So if they're like, oh, you need to bring it like, if, if they're thinking, oh, we got to bring it back down by like 50% to go for them, then what we need to do is we need to go 100,000% at the get-go and just be like, you know, out of the gate, they just need to be like, okay, cool, we're going to pass this bill in the House, and this is going to be like a $4 trillion, $5 trillion, $6 trillion um, bailout, and all the money goes to, like, tax-paying, yeah, which you, you know, like, citizens. And yeah, that's and it. you pass and like, it, and it gets obstructed you just, in the Senate, and then you say, yeah. if you want, um, people of Georgia, if you want this to pass, you need to vote for the two Democrats in the Senate, and we will get this yeah. done. That yeah, exactly. is an affirmative message to actually win votes. They're not going to do this. This is a great idea. I don't know. But they're not going to do, do it. And that's what's so fucking frustrating about it, is that they're not going I mean, come to. come on, Sam. And this is- you were going to sit there and expect that they... I mean, it's hard to say, because they have, let's say how many years of our lives proven time and time again that they that this is the limit of their yeah. intelligence the, the, is to just the be like well historical we'll record backs middle. my argument <laughs> yeah i'm not saying it doesn't i'm just saying that they're it's not impossible for them to do what we need them to do it's just a question of whether they will or not and i know I, I agree with that, that and i think i think you need to pressure them to do so and i think the number one thing you should we should be doing right now is discrediting any right wing member of the quote Biden coalition as hacks. Rob yeah. Emanuel, John Kasich. Where the fuck was Ohio John Kasich? Go fuck yourself. You know, the Lincoln. I mean, Project. Kasich's already getting he's getting trashed on in the news right now already where people are like John Kasich, the, you know, the number one union buster in Ohio's history. Like, what the fuck? Like, these people are yeah. not your friends. Rick fucking Snyder, who fucking poisoned the water in Flint. And and what did Joe Biden do? Oh, oh, thanks, Rick Snyder, for your endorsement. I'm going to celebrate it. Yeah, remember Joe Rogan? And, God damn it. That fucking pisses me <laughs> off. Like, just to think about that, that all of the fucking nitpicking of the primary. Like, and I'm not going to say, like, to endorse, you know, to celebrate Joe Rogan's endorsement. Whatever. We can have that discussion. But... Jesus Christ, Rick fucking Snyder. Like, oh, he, he's he got our back. Rick Snyder, the guy that poisoned all those people in Flint. He doesn't like Trump. Good for us, Michigan. Thank God Michigan went for fucking Biden by a lot. But I think that was way more Rashida Tlaib and organizers on the ground than Rick fucking Snyder. Jesus Christ. Yeah, for sure. God. Yeah, I definitely that, agree. That is... That is upsetting. And that is the Biden campaign. That is recent well, Joe Biden. I mean, we can, that is Joe Biden oh, three months ago. We can do even we can do even more recent than that. Fox News is basically Joe Biden's supporter right now. Like watching their hill turn during the election. I love was it. Like I love probably it. the best part of it. It's like the like, uh it's like the that meme of Andy dropping Woody in the Toy Story from the high angle. Where it's like Trump yeah. and Fox News is just dropping <laughs> dropping Trump. Uh, Benjamin Netanyahu came out today. He's like, I look forward to working with – and I'm doing – that's not good. I'm doing like – That's pretty good. It wasn't terrible. No, it was a little too Bernie Sanders and that's – Oh, actually, you know what? I, but, I was hearing 
I was actually hearing Kissinger more than it did look. Yeah, it was a bit Kissinger, but yeah, uh, yeah. Jesus Christ, why isn't he in fucking prison? Um, But that's a whole other thing. But this this whole thing, Netanyahu came out and he said, you know, I look forward to working with Joe Biden and Kamala Harris, and they're great supporters of Israel, which is like. Of course, because he got everything yeah. he wanted, and he's just like, "Yeah, I don't need Trump anymore either." Like, and no, of course not. And and this is this is what, and maybe you know we could segue off of this topic because it's just doom and gloom, and we should talk about something a little bit more positive, like Trump losing. But like, Ooh, I am just. Boy. We'll get to that in a second. But I just, I am not optimistic about the Democratic, the Democrats' opportunity here. I may be proven wrong, and I would love to be. I would love to be on a podcast in three months, and you'd be like, Sam, you were a fool. And I'd be like, yes, I am. I'm sorry. What do I need to do to make up for this stupidity on right. my part? But I think I'm God, pre- pretty hope. fucking I mean, right. I love it. And this is what's so fucking be... upsetting right now. And there well, is a, we, there yeah, is so a way to get to... out of this, but I just don't know if they're going to do it. And well, it's going to take the people two things. At, you know, arguing with the Democrats to get them to do it because – Again, yeah. the Democrats are just levers to power, and that's how they should be viewed. And I'm not Joe Biden's friend. I do not like Joe Biden. I don't think he's a good guy or a nice guy. I don't care. Like, I mean, if look, he's not I would doing what I want him. him to do, like Trump did what the evangelicals wanted him to do, and they loved him for it. They didn't care about how he was rude and crass and a terrible person. No. Because I think those were the important things – that people got so fixated on in this Trump presidency was that he was this terrible man and blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't give a shit about that. What I gave a shit about is kids in cages and all those people dying of COVID and all the other shit that he did that was terrible for this country. But it wasn't about him being rude to the media and being like, oh, whatever. Like, that didn't matter. And I think we've had this discussion before because I think – Trump was actually delivering to these Republican ghouls and they respected him for yeah. that. And they let him get away with all the shit that he got away with because well, he did what they well, wanted they him to do. do and why don't we they view like our stop. politicians that way? We don't. We 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 put all this aspiration into this perfect candidate and then they don't do anything for us and we're like, well, at least they're not the fascists, so we gotta like it's it's just it's getting old and I'm just I'm just tired of it. It is getting old. And it's getting so old. It's just, you know, I'm not not going to pull the trigger for the Democrat in a general election if I'm in a swing state, but I'm not going to say they're my friend or like the good guy. They're not. And until they demonstrate otherwise, they're not in my opinion. But I think we should, you know, unless you want to say some more, I, we can move on to the better Things that'll make us feel a little more happy. No, and I was just going to say, just to kind of book in this, and and is that, you know, this is all predicated on the current status of things. And once all this, we're going to have to revisit this, you know, probably, maybe not every week, but probably every week as, you know, the accounts are fully updated. We have a better idea of what, like, Biden's... um, Absolutely. Uh, candidates going to be, or uh, cabinet's going to be, and things of that nature. As it kind of progresses along, we'll, you know, we're going to have to update our feelings on this. Um, but, you know, I mean, like, there, you're definitely right. And there's definitely, 
more reasons to be negative than there are to be positive. But at least the on the one bright side is that there is finally a window of positivity. You know, like <laughs> no, and we're gonna talk about the positive right after this. But I there is positive that we can yeah. celebrate. But I think generally I'm not very optimistic about our our chances. And I think. But I, but I'm also I mean, somewhat uh, optimistic about the people that got Biden elected are not going to sit down and say, "Okay, we'll have unity." They're not going to. Yeah. And I think well, that's Sam, that's we, what's encouraging. Can we at least do brunch this weekend? Just one weekend of brunch, and just like one weekend of brunch, where I don't no, have to sit no there and just be like, "What the fuck did donald trump say this morning because i just don't have to think about that anymore uh we'll get into that in, in a later podcast i, mean, I don't i don't even get into that part of just, the doom of most white people going back brunch. to brunch i just don't even just consider that just right now. one just one brunch just this weekend one brunch that's it then we're back to work next weekend i don't think we can go to brunch don't we aren't there covid restrictions i guess we could no there's, there's, i think there's brunch there's brunch i've been to brunch yeah, I made. I mean, I made brunch. I've yeah, we all got we all got fucking brunch when when Trump was president too. Um, yeah. Anyway, but let's let's move on <sighs> to something a bit more let's, positive. That's a. I mean, that's about a this segue whole last week is that is that that Trump from now on fucking lost Donald, and isn't it fucking he great? Lost. He was a one-term president. We should have like a dance party. Put in like a musical interlude right now. Like, oh god, yeah. It's everyone take a moment. Pull up iTunes. Pull up FTD by (laughs) YG and Nipsey Hussle. RIP. And just get that banger going while you listen to FTD. Yeah. Just take a minute. Yeah. The motherfucker lost, and it's hilarious. He got a ton of votes and, and barring he's still lost. And barring, you know, barring a coup, which is still possible. I don't think it's not, very likely. Not impossible. Yeah. It's yeah. possible. It's it's about as possible as the Democrats actually doing something competent. But no. Sorry. Oh, yeah, sorry. All right, sorry. Let's go back to Trump. Sorry. Um Wait, did you did you hear that? Did you hear that dead horse like still <laughs> squirting out a little blood? You know, I'm I'm all about dead horses. You know that. You should call me just Dead Horse Shit. Sam. Like that's I mean, my nickname. You're like you're like beating a dead horse with another dead horse. No, I I love dead horses. They're like my favorite thing. Like uh, like the Godfather. That scene in the Godfather is like my favorite scene in any movie. Oh, is that dead horse scene in Godfather? Oh jeez. Um, but anyway, yeah, he oh, he fucking lost, and I, you know, pending a a coup. I'm really excited for the eventual uh, part of him leaving office. Um, but I think there's so I, think, I so my predictions for the next three months is that Donald Trump leaves the White House, goes to like Mar-a-Lago or something, and just like is done, just doesn't come back. No, I I disagree. But go for it. You don't think he will? I think he will. Because um, it's it's the perfect like tantrum little shithead thing for him to do is just be like you know let me find i'm done i'm going to the i'm going to my logo i'm going to my own white house no i think that's what he's gonna do i I think i think he's yeah he's gonna set up in mar-a-lago and probably have a tv show where he'll be able to rant about everything every day he'll take over the rush limbaugh hour 
Yeah, I, totally. I think that's like for all these people that think you know, oh, we're 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 good. We're gone with Trump. Good for us. Like he's not going anywhere. Like he is. Well, hold up. He's so the forty fifth president of the United States. He's going to be buried at state in the Capitol asterisk. when he fucking dies after we both There's die. There's an asterisk on that because he was still impeached. Um, well, so is Clinton. Here's here's the thing. Yes, yeah, so it's Clinton. Um, Trump losing is going to have ramifications for him in multiple ways. There's a few things that they've already talked about. First of all, Twitter no longer has to protect his account. They can basically just remove it right off the bat. Um, The other thing is, is that uh, douche bank is going to collect next year. They're going to be like, where's our $900 million? That's true. He's going to be like, Oh, I, I don't, I don't have it. Oh. <laughs> so that's going to happen. Russia is going to basically just be done with him. So any support he was getting from them, regardless of your thoughts on the matter, but not just like, <laughs> not not the conspiracy theory shit, but just like the bank backing and them funneling money through the douche bank to him that they've been doing for the last four or five years. That all is going to stop because there's no, there's nothing there for them anymore. So they're going to find the new Patsy to do that with. So maybe the Kushners. I mean, that's what I that's what I am looking forward to. That's probably where they're going to go. This result is that RussiaGate is over and we're not going to talk about it anymore. I am. I am. No, looking we're forward still going to gonna talk about it. We're still going to talk about it because it's still a threat. We still have to do something <laughs> about that to like secure our elections. Like. There's still issues Man, they, there. They, now, didn't, granted, they, didn't, they didn't make it work this time. I'm kind of bummed. Like, Putin, what were you doing? I mean, <laughs> they got a lot of votes, though. Like, Yeah, they got a lot of votes from a lot of racist people in this country. But yeah. I don't think that had anything to do with Russia. But Those Russian bots, man. They'll make you racist in like two seconds. I, got, like, I think people are racist on their own. I don't think they need Russian bots. Racist bot, right? It's so quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, yeah. Well, so here's the here's the thing though, and I know like you'd like to give shit about this, but I've seen it firsthand with my family, like seeing them fall for these, you know, Russian memes that are just from bots that they just they just see it, they hook onto it, they latch onto it, and they regurgitate it. Like immediately, they latch onto this, and it's it's wild seeing it. And I try to point out to them, you know, and they're just like. No, man, you're just you're just supporting the Democrats, and it's like, no, I'm I'm not even a Democrat. Like, sh- what the fuck? Like, why? Like, they always do the but what about? And it's like, well, all you're admitting is that this guy is doing it, and that's shitty, and you think it's okay that because they're, it's like, no, I don't like that that guy's doing it either. Like, I'll be the first one to tear them down if they get busted for half as much shit. But like, so it's just, I'll be glad that that's done. At least. Well, I, um, I think what's going to come, what's going to bloom out of Russiagate is whatever the fucking uh, QAnon people come up with after Trump loses. Like, true. Because all of those people that voted for Trump are going to think that he, the election was stolen by the Democrats. And it's it's just going to be this ever-ending, you know, crazy, crazy train with them. And, you know, this is this is like... You know, just to go back to the whole unity message that Biden is pushing, which is absolutely stupid, is that like, oh, we need to unite with the racist and 
bring them back together. Like, come on. Like, it's just not like I understand you should be able to bring unity towards people by giving them things together. Sure. Solidarity, but not not like, oh, we, we should just bring in the the bigots and the the racists and like here, it's okay. Come back to Uncle Joe. Like, such a stupid... But that's that's a centrist <laughs> argument, and I'm going back into a tangent. So we're going to move back to Donald Trump losing, which is incredibly oh, exciting. Oh, there's a third horse. There's a th- You're beating one horse with two horses. Okay, okay, okay. We should just call this episode, like, the, the three-horse beating. <laughs> yeah, we don't, we don't the, have names three, for these podcasts The three dead yet. horses. The three dead the horses. Three dead horses we'll call the it the three dead horses. Uh, that's a good name. But I'm sure you'll find a fourth horse. We could call it the four dead horsemen well, of the yeah, maybe the f- the fifth yeah, the five dead horses. Because I'm gonna come back like two more times before we're done. At least we'll have like I'll have an inroad like when we're talking about the Mandalorian this week. I've already figured it out. No. But no, but like oh, yeah. I'm yeah, I'm obviously. super excited that he's lost, and like that is just enjoyable to me because Trump himself so is a hilarious character. I don't. Did you watch uh, the Chappelle? Uh, stand up and on SNL, the only I certainly th- did. The only thing worth watching on SNL was the Chappelle stand up bit. Like, just I haven't laughed that hard in a long time, and it was that was probably there the were, best were, part of yeah the week. There were was parts of it that I was watching like, that, nah. but there, man, that when he goes, well, on that's that how bit Cha- about, that's how Chappelle is. He's a little eh. yeah, yeah, but 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 when he, when goes he on hits, he hits so COVID, high, like it's just oh my god, yeah, but. When he said that shit about Chris Christie, and he was like, "Oh, wasn't it like?" <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I lost it. I was like, yeah. I was laying in bed trying to like trying not to laugh, and I was probably making I was probably making the whole fucking house shake. Yeah, it was hilarious. Like I, yeah, it was pretty good. I was wheezing. I was just like, "What the fuck?" Like it was so funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 gonna be interesting because I, he's not gonna he's not gonna concede. I think he'll he'll say that, you know, I don't know if they'll have to force him out or if he'll leave willingly. He probably will leave willingly. I don't know. Um, I'm telling you, he's I'm telling you, even like it was funny because I called this like what, two or three days ago. I was saying that I was like, he's just going to straight up throw a tantrum and leave and not and just not be there. And like today, Michael Cohen said the exact same thing. He said, "Oh, he's just gonna he's just gonna leave and go to Mar-a-Lago and just be done with it." And I was like, "I was like, yeah, even fucking Cohen saying it." Well, I, I think you're right, and I think like he's gonna start a media empire of some kind to compete with Fox News. He'll probably buy one One American News or something like that, and basically oh, yeah, call yeah. it the Trump News Network because Fox News is dead to him. Like they've already turned on him. And God, that was so fun to watch. Oh my god, it was so fun to watch. Even watching um, CNN, and they had like Rick Santorum on the. Um, yes, we're the all familiar with what that, I, what that is. I am very surprised that they had him on there with Anderson Cooper. I was like, guys, this is very problematic. Well, it's what <laughs> CNN would do, like. It's, it's such a CNN move. Oh, it's so bad. I know. Like, what really are they is. gonna do? What are they gonna do? Like, oh, CNN will find. They've already, they've already, they've already pivoted. But before we get into that, but like, how are they gonna keep the, these ratings? Like, Trump is, the, is 
I'm, I'll explain so it to much. you. Just hold on. Let me finish my rant on Santorum. All right, fine. So even watching him day of, um, you know, still being like toe in the line. It's like, it's almost like I wish, I wish, I, ho- I wish someone recorded it, like all the networks. And you could, you could almost see the moment where they all got like the email or the text message from, you know, whoever runs the Republican media machine. And they were just like, pivot now. He's dead to us. Throw well, him under the bus. That was Mur- they, Murdoch, they like, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. They all like started doing it at the same time. And like, like Santorum, like early in the night was still like backing Trump. And like, yeah, he's like, well, these, you know, these numbers. Yeah, obviously like some of these ballots are illegal and they shouldn't be counted and blah, blah, blah. Like if they come in on a certain day, blah, blah. And then like by a certain point towards, you know, like I think even before the end of the night when, you know, Biden was like getting really far ahead and they were, they were starting to talk about like, you know, oh, these, the mail-in ballots are coming in and, you know, these numbers are, you know, just 85% or more in favor of Biden. And they make up like, you know, 55% of what's remaining to count, you know, so they, so at some point they all kind of flipped. Um, and it was especially hilarious when Fox News was, one of if not the first to call Arizona for Biden and watching Trump and Trump supporters and them just losing their minds and apparently I don't know if you saw the article about Jared Kushner called Murdoch and was like trying to get him to get Fox News to re to change that and they were like nah (laughs) so there was like a really great moment at some point during, I think it was Tuesday night, um, where even Fox News was done with Trump. And I was like, it's very telling that even Fox News is tired of their shit. And I was just like, this is so fun to watch. And I, I mean, that's one of those things like Challenger, fucking 9-11, November 3rd. 2020 i'm always gonna remember where i was when fox news turned on donald trump (laughs) yeah that that was that was enjoyable this week but it it was weird because i i wasn't like early on i was just like yeah biden won like even when it wasn't called like i wasn't it was weird i wasn't stressing like i was in 2016 i was just like if if Trump had somehow won again, it would have, been, you know, I knew whose fault it was, and I wasn't, I was, I didn't want it to happen, but I was resolved to the yeah, fact, of course, that, yeah, like it totally could happen, and like definitely, I also loved, I also loved that Nate Silver was completely discredited. That was, that was hilarious. You know, Wait, of course, his model, his model. What do you, what do you mean, completely discredited? Not he was dis- I don't mean completely, cr- completely discredited. discredited. I mean that no liberal really respects him anymore, and I thought that was funny, uh, just because yeah. of how I think about the, uh, Nate Silver. But his model still, the you know, it was a possibility polls. that, yeah, that you know, because he had that range of outcomes. We fell into one of those range of outcomes, but like, I just think it's funny that the polling was still completely wrong and even more wrong than it was last time was, which was pretty crazy, but 
Yeah. I did really think it was funny um, when Trump was talking about the polls and how they, what did he call them? He called them like obstructional polls or something like that. Interfering polls. He, he had a specific word for what he called them um, during his, uh, his, his lie conference where even Fox News cut away from him. And uh, they... He was, I was watching on C-SPAN, so they didn't cut away, obviously. But when he was talking about all that, and I was just like, but all the polls were in favor of Biden, which means that they would, when that happens, that actually interferes with people that would support Biden, not people that support you, Trump. Like, that makes the people that support you want to come out harder, not... Oh, I see. Like, I see what you mean. Whereas, like, when they come out and they're like, "Biden's got this by a landslide," then people go, "Oh, cool! I don't have to vote for that jerk." Right. You know, like it it, it works the opposite of what Trump was saying, um, which is really funny. Uh, well, I think also, isn't, you know, Trump, it's not surprising because he's always projections. So Trump it's, didn't it's, view the pandemic baseline. as a as an issue and just fucking campaign like normal. And except he did. Except it's also been revealed that he did. And fuck you, Bob Woodward, for holding on to that for, for what, five, six months? No, almost? no, I mean, like, he campaigned like it was normal in the last couple of months of this election. Oh, because he had to. That was the line that they drew, and they had to stick with it. Well, right. And I, like, I think there, there could have been way more, you know, ground game done in Democratic, you know, in swing states by the Democrats, yeah. you know, distanced and safely. But oh god! They just... Speaking of which, uh, can we, since you brought it up, can we just talk about the fact that like Mark Meadows and Ben Carson both recently tested positive? <laughs> yeah, I did see that. But like, how did Ben Carson become a neurosurgeon? Well, sometimes people are really good at one thing. Like I, I don't know. Right, but he's a he's still a doctor so like you know it's just like how shouldn't he be good at not getting covid <laughs> like, i mean it's just well they just don't just, think it's a big so deal and uh they, it's it's so silly i just i mean i feel worse i think uh honestly if i think back about it i feel so shitty for herman cain like no, that poor man did not yeah, deserve. He got, the, he got the, yeah, he got the short end of the stick for sure. He should have. He should have just wrote, like he should have seen when Stephen Colbert started doing those funny bits with him. He should have pivoted there and just been like, you know what, I can do pretty well doing like this thing and just get the hell away from this Trump BS. Oh, of course, I think everyone was just like trying to suckle on that tea because they know if they do like. I was actually thinking about this. I was like, man, if Trump wins again, I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? I was like, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to have to like figure out a way to just get like buddy-buddy with Trump so I can be like in charge of the USPS or some shit. Because like all you got to do is suck up to him, pretend that you're rich or whatever, and and like I can fake all this on Instagram easily. I'll just go rent like a – go do the thing where you can rent one of the – um private jets and take photos in there and just like do that whole shit. <laughs> I have I have a question. Um what's gonna happen to Diamond and Silk? That I don't know. 
that's a very important question. <laughs> like um, they were like the leading act besides Trump at CPAC. Like they they cleaned up from what I hear. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think they'll I think they're they're smart enough. They'll be able to pivot, and like this is the thing that like the Republican grift is always a, a self perpetuating. Uh, grift it like it sustains itself like it just evolves yeah so you're in power and you you do a certain type of grift and then when you're out of power you actually have some some advantages because you can actually pivot into talking about there's a whole machine no like like that's what's so unsettling is all this covid bullshit about lockdowns and all like that's all the republicans are going to run on now is the idea that uh, you know, we can't we we can't wear a mask. It's about freedom, right? And that's what all they're gonna fucking talk about. And uh, yeah, I'm. I in some ways all I'm looking hope for that is that to, smarter heads will prevail. You know, and then you know what's exciting about you know a Biden administration is Sam Harris is gonna have more prominence in public discourse again, and it's gonna oh, be God. annoying as fuck. But you know, here we are. So one of the Joe plus Rogan sides of a, of a Biden presidency is we have to talk about how, you know, Black Lives Matter protesters are really illogical and, you know, <laughs> Douglas Murray is much more of an intelligent guy and these Muslims are just crazy and they're going to kill us all and maybe we could drop right. nuclear weapons on them. But, you know, we should reserve a pop, you know, because, you know, Griffness is coming up and we can we can talk about Sam Harris then. But he's been pretty yeah. active the last couple of weeks. This last week, he's been he's been on yeah he's, he's been, been pushing really the the centrist ride. line of like you know fuck these people and they want lit you know he's like these people have lists and what are they gonna do and you know I got to work on my Sam Harris impression but like it's just very measured. You, you have to be you got to be real quiet yeah. and real monotone and talk. But I have to think slowly about what this really means for someone that thinks a lot about things anyway um you have to you have to pause yeah and like sound you're like you're really intelligent when you're speaking and smug as fuck god, oh, fuck god. that guy you know oh, and fuck so and fuck me for ever thinking that he was a reasonable person to listen to that's really an indictment <laughs> of me that's incredibly <laughs> sad we all had our spots i what was mine steve knight yeah that oh god but yeah, he wasn't as prominent as like Sam Harris was. But yeah, that, but that, I, think, I think that's that one was... of the things we first bonded over was me telling you how shitty Sam Harris was. <laughs> it was it was pretty close, but I think it was funny because I I think I was even there for your turn on Sam Harris. Oh, I think yeah, you were you were sitting next yeah. to me at work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I was sitting like right across from me, and then it was like you were like always being like, oh yeah, this, this, uh, I was listening to this thing with Sam Harris, blah blah, and I was like. I was like that fucking dude <laughs> but then like you were also friends with um what's his name i don't want to name names but the guy that would bring fucking knives and shit in his backpack to work oh and, i'm still uh, friends with him oh i know <laughs> and he's you know he's an all right dude but like at the same time also such a weirdo so i was just kind of like oh man maybe sam's really into kind of that like conservative kind of stuff but i was like but no like no, i can't be I was like, maybe he just doesn't see it. (laughs) 
but I think it, I think it was actually right about that same time that I was falling out with um, Stephen Knight. As yeah, because well. they pivoted, like, and then it was it was it was so dumb. well. It was just because I just, I think the other sources of material I was listening to were criticizing him, and I was just like, yeah, but he still has some good points about the Muslims, and then you're just like, no, he doesn't, and like it's all yeah. fucking terrible, and. It's like well, it's, you, it's, you it's kind of realize though, you're like, it's, it was like a second awakening. Like it was yeah. first the awakening was atheism. And then it was like realizing that the atheist movement is basically like trash <laughs> and, yeah, it's so and disgusting. should not be really like, if you want to be an atheist, that's cool. But like, even like, I don't even really get like, I understand if people want to have the right to be atheists. And so like, sure. Cool. Like, we're in a secular well, government. I'm down is, with that. But like, it's just, what I don't understand is how they all become like these agro anti-Muslim. Well, cause bigots. it all, like, I think what it so all comes weird. down to is I this. Idea, just no, it comes down to this idea that you're using logic and you're parents. a logical person because you've realized that logically God can't, you know, doesn't exist. So therefore you can apply these rules that you've learned in arguing with Christians towards any other social topic in the world today. Well, and you think you are no, like, you, it's like that meme, can. that Matt Boar's meme where he's like, like we should improve society so- somewhat. And then this guy pops out of a, of a, a well and is like, yet yeah, you live in the society. I am very intelligent. Like that, that basically I think yeah. expounds what the atheist general atheist movement is. Um, you know, there are a couple of good apples like Ryan Bell and, and Ina from um, Polite Conversations. But like the the vast majority of them are just idiots. And they well, I don't think, want to say vast majority. They think, they think they're very it's intelligent. It's not the vast majority. It's just the, it's just the loudest majority. Well, and they're yeah, not even, like they're the, probably not even the majority. The people that they're are just the loudest. The people that are uh, the, the most prominent grift. elements. It could totally of, be. Yeah, and it turns into a grift too. But like. Yeah, I don't yeah, want to speak. Totally be like, I don't well, want to speak. If I say this, I get more. All atheists like Matt Dillahunty is pretty decent. Aaron Ra is fucking metal, and he's pretty good. I mean, um, but I'm an atheist. But well, yeah, I am too. But it's it's just I mean, like this whole the whole movement you in just general. Need better. Like Dawkins better is atheists. just Dawkins is a great evolutionary biologist. Is but that's so weird. but that's another example of someone that is great at some subject like evolutionary biology one of the most yeah. foremost experts in that field in the world but if you ask him about anything else he does not <laughs> he's a fucking idiot and he shouldn't be trusted in that sense but great evolutionary biologist but again like and and then we can get into hitchens and hitchens was is is really fascinating as as i go and read yeah. more of him over time like yeah he definitely took the neocon turn at the end but like he was able to even see through a lot of the bullshit that we deal with today that he was seeing back then yeah whether it had to do with he Israel, was also Palestine, i don't, I don't like, know if i would say that he went for the neocon turn i think you gotta remember though at the time where he where he did his supposed neocon turn we did have a there was a massive like you know like islam terrorist issue at that time so well yeah i, you know, I agree like, I, under, I understand like the, the the heat and the anger but but the thing is that he's a he was still a lot more measured about oh, absolutely his insults of islam it wasn't just like 
like Sam Harris. And no, Stephen if you Knight talk about yeah, like, the the four horsemen, fuck them like all, Hitchens was the most well-read and intelligent one of the group for yeah. sure. And he was funny. Yeah, he was always funny. And even when Which I disagreed with more him, he was important. Funny. Yeah. Um, you know that that segment he did on Mother Teresa is like <laughs> one of the best. So good. And uh, I think also like he was. I feel like out of all of them, he was more apt to if if you could call him out with a decently reasoned um you know like call out he would actually stop and like actually think about it and maybe even change his mind well he was a he was um, a trotskyist did you know that yeah no i didn't know that yeah that's that's his that's where he basically started out as so um that's really interesting and a lot of trotskyists basically became neocons which is really interesting um but it's it's more about just kind of this idea of controlling the world and being able to use you know that power for something which it's interesting Mm -hmm. i don't know that much about the i can't speak on authority about why trotskyists a lot of trotskyists became neocons but uh it's interesting and uh hitchens is an example i don't know it's just it's very weird how anyone makes that sort of it's like it it's like it has to i feel like at a certain point it's and i'm I'm worried about it because it's like at a certain point it's like your brain just kind of seizes and you're no longer capable of accepting new information and we all just become our parents and we become conservative assholes and i worry I, i'm like man i gotta start doing shrooms again because otherwise I'm gonna end up let's move to portland that's assholes. some good news that's some good news <laughs> it's great news they just are just like hey we're gonna legalize everything yeah exactly and yeah they should it's do pretty that. legit what did they they decriminalized everything no yeah basically any any illicit drug i think was decriminalized that's legit so they're gonna get some fun visitors <laughs> yeah but speaking of which i'm going to portland in like two weeks <laughs> you driving or what you doing yeah, we're going to drive up there for Thanksgiving. We're going to go visit my cousin. She just bought a house in Bellingham, Washington for some reason because she's crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're just going to take a tour. We're going to drive up, go to like, I don't know where. We're thinking like we're going to do like Reno and then Portland and then stay with her um, and just kind of cruise along the way and just check stuff out. We might change it up though because now we're thinking about going to Eureka because we're going to go to the um, the giant redwoods yeah i i highly recommend a road trip it's a good thing to do get you out of the house um yeah bring your mother-in-law if you can uh actually my mother-in-law is really funny um no i like my mother-in-law too we get along great i could do a i could do a whole episode of just talking about stories of cindy gallo um I mean, one of these days, I'm just going to have to invite her to be on the show just because y'all, if I start telling stories about it, people are going to be like, she's not a real person. There's no way that's a real person. There's no way that it exists. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> let's uh, let's segue into even better news this week. You know, uh, even though things could have looked bad at certain points, we knew that Thursday night, The Mandalorian Episode 2 would come out. So, uh, yep. 
that was good, and we could we could talk about that now. What'd you think? Um, as I said before, I'm a little bummed that it seems very filler. Um, but again, it's like last season did that too, and then it kind of it kind of paid off at the end. But then it also just sort of to me those those middle four episodes felt pretty cheap. They were just like these pointless little trips to just introduce this person that's going to come up again later. And I was like, it, it was a little too formulaic for me, mm-hmm. um, which is fine. But I mean, it's still super enjoyable. Um, and, you know, it was a fun story about a parenthood and then killing someone else's kids because potential kids <laughs> well no he was killing all the baby spiders yep oh those 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 kids that's true well, yeah yeah the uh the and also um <laughs> it was funny my friend Seamus texted me and he was like this season of the mandalorian is not as exciting and i was like what i was like the crate dragon boba fett ice spiders ice spiders then, come on yeah and then he, he responded a few minutes later he's like i texted before the ice spiders showed up <laughs> <laughs> no i i uh like, I, I was a little underwhelmed <laughs> when i first watched it that night and because uh, i i love that the first episode last week so much and yeah it was always going to be like a little bit of a letdown but then i watched it again and yeah like just the themes are really good about parenthood and about, you know, just kind of the, the everyday struggles of that. And I thought that was, that was fun. And I, I, I think having watched a lot of, um, Filoni star Wars and, you know, a lot of these, and this is Favreau writing it, but like, there was always a lot of hubbub in clone wars and rebels about, uh, about filler episodes that people would always like, this was a filler episode. It didn't, it didn't advance the plot. And it's just like, right. I I've kind of resolved to the fact that the Mandalorian is just going to be kind of an adventure of the week show where they just kind of every week they do something and they go see something else. And like, if you're focused so much on, Oh, what is baby Yoda? Where are his parents? Or who, which Mandalorians are they going to meet? When is the Sokotano going to show up? Like all these things, like if you just don't like worry about them so much and just try to enjoy the ride, I think a lot of people will enjoy Uh it a lot more because they, they watch it with such anticipation because in a star Wars movie, you at least get all these, these reveals in a big movie, but in a TV show, it can take its time. And I think even if you watch the last season and how it kind of progresses, everything pays off like everybody in every episode you know shows back up again um so it's i don't know that it pays off though that's what i'm gonna say i don't i mean it's like okay so it it pays off because then gina carina comes back later and it's like well if we could have just not had that episode with her and then had some other reason but why don't you want somebody else for that 80th time <laughs> well why don't you want to see star wars knocking off another japanese masterpiece uh, i recently be... i recently watched that for the first time i'd never seen Seven it Samurai? yeah 
Oh, it's so good. Yeah, it is. My really favorite good. thing. Um, if you rewatch it again, pay close attention to the samurai. Um, they, it's it's real funny. Whenever they, whenever they run, they kind of squat first and then start running. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do it every time, and it's hilarious. Like they, it's like they squat first and then run, and then so as they're running, if you watch very closely, they're. Um, their shoulders don't really bob their shoulders just kind of float across screen mm-hmm. in like a straight line mm-hmm. so it's a very interesting like run and and i that's how i first noticed it i was like their shoulders and heads don't really bob as they're running and so i started paying like close attention to that and noticing that every time they take off they squat first and then take off right it's just like this is so weird yeah and i'm like i'm like at the castro theater in san francisco watching this like epic you know that'd be nice to see that and and i'm sitting there and i'm just like they squat every time they run (laughs) well and i think that was so interesting about watching (laughs) this is a tangent but watching it so late because i had seen the story like i had seen magnificent seven i had seen them tell the story over and over again but so it was interesting to see it um in its original form but yeah, yeah, it's it's a masterpiece for sure. You can just immediately oh, tell. Oh, so good, so fun. No, I, I kind of went on a whole like Kurosawa kick the earlier this yeah. earlier this summer. But anyway, but that that's basically what the earlier the, this quarantine. That's basically what Mandalorian is is a samurai, you know, western. So well, yeah, it's and, and I don't, and I don't hate it for that, and I I love those themes of it. Um really good uh, yeah this i did like this episode it was a very um very small mm-hmm. episode there were only like one two three five six people total yeah. in the episode you know like that's very interesting um i did you know i mean baby yoda eating the eggs was hilarious mm-hmm. um and just to be clear they're unfertilized eggs Yes. <laughs> I people a lot of people don't understand like animal biology and they like I feel like a lot of that is people like how are you, how is he destro-? like they're not fertilized like they say that in the show that she these these are well these but are the last eggs she's the same been time, able like, to produce who, in her life cycle. Uh yeah. and you know this is her last shot to so yeah more eggs would be more likely for you know fertilization but still uh, it's it's a funny gag. It is a funny gag, and I, I I had no. I mean, like, it's he's a weird creature that eats anything he can put in his mouth. Like, of course, as soon as I saw the eggs, I was like, oh, he's gonna eat them. <laughs> Immediately when I saw them, I was like, oh yeah, baby Yoda's gonna eat those. Baby Yoda's gonna eat those fucking eggs. I was like, I was like, this is stupid. Like, why would anyone? What's it's so what's really exciting for do, me but. is that all of the the trailer footage is going to be basically done by episode four. Like right. basically you got the, the water planet, which is next week's episode. And then, uh, the stuff Spoiler alert. Well, come on. You, we can, we can put this together. <laughs> I think, I think there's like the water planet. It's like, Oh, we went from the ice planet to the water planet. Yeah. Are they just redoing Mario brothers levels. No, this is Star Wars. This is how it works. Right. And then desert planet. And then episode four ice planet is directed by planet. Carl Withers. So I assume that's where they go oh, back cool. to see Carl Withers and Cara Dune. 
and that whole adventure on with the in the Imperial base and like the the scout walkers and all that stuff. I think that's all going to be in episode four. And then there's still four more episodes we have no footage for. And that's super Which exciting cool. that they just have it show. So they release like another trailer. They might do that. Yeah, that's possible. But um, I yeah, just I get mean, a kick out of it. And it, it was... I, I also love the fact that that ice planet was just an ice planet. It wasn't anything special yeah. or like, so all of the speculation about like, that's Ilum. I'm like, yeah, that'd be cool. But like, I, why does it why does it have to be it could just be another ice planet and yeah yeah how many ice planets there are probably tons of them oh yeah of course um it could have been an ice moon well there's a bunch um, of desert I, planets there could be a bunch of ice planets yeah um, and i also liked i liked uh the the rebels and how they were like yeah we're looking for space cops yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're playing the base of being space cops, and uh, I thought it was kind of, I thought it was kind of shitty that they just like ditched him there. But his the, it's a totally cop thing to do, so that makes sense. Yeah. And the the um the but the line that he gave him was pretty good. Um, he was just like, "How about you fix that transponder? We don't try to blast you out of the outer rim." And I was like, "That's pretty good." And then yeah. they just bounce. I was yeah. like, "All right, that's dope." I was like, "He was trying to talk some shit, and y'all talked about it. That was good." I feel the one thing I am worried about is that this doesn't become quite so repetitive and tropey because it's like, okay, we've got, he gets, he gets the baby Yoda, his plane breaks. He's got to get the plane fixed to get the plane fixed. He goes kill the big animal to get the thing. And then he trades the pieces of that to the, uh, the group. Like we've we've did that twice now in two different seasons, where it's like, you know, so it's like <laughs> that's true. It's it's getting, eh, it's like come on, like mix it. Like we don't need to destroy his. We don't destroying the ship doesn't need to be the MacGuffin or whatever. You know that happens every time of like, oh, this is where his struggle comes from because he's got to repair the ship every fucking time. Like, come on. No, I understand. It was it was kind of similar to episode two of last year, but I yeah. I do really like that episode. Too. Like that's probably one of my favorite episodes is the the one with the Jawas. Oh like, yeah, that's the, just uh, so the Mudhorn. Yeah, yeah, it's so great, and it, it <laughs> the suka suka right so yeah, like you know, weapons are part of my religion. You know, like <laughs> uh, the flamethrower on the Jawas, like it's all it's all great. Dude, that okay. So that was, that was definitely like, I don't want to say like my favorite scene this season, but probably definitely my favorite scene of this episode, and maybe my second favorite. Eh, that's gonna be hard to say of the season, but where where he's fighting all the spiders, and then he just goes like. On it, he like charges up the flamethrower on his wrist, and then they oh, come back. Yeah. And it's like kaboom! Yeah. I was like, oh, that, that was, was pretty dope. great. That was really, yeah. really dope. And it was just like epic the way he holds it there, and it starts like building up. I was like, oh man, that was pretty tight. Like that was a pretty tight scene. Like it just it was it was pretty epic and pretty badass. Um, I mean that that sequence with the ice spiders, especially like I was I was really enamored with watching the um, the the mother is what I'm gonna call it on the top of the ice and you could see it like refracting through the ice. I was like, man, this is fucking cool. Mm -hmm. 
I was like, man, they, that was really cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, um, Harry Potter called, they want their set piece back. <laughs> oh, from which, which set piece? I can't. God, which one was that? Was that uh, Chamber of Secrets? When they, they go, he's like, I only I allow Hagrid to live because blah, blah, blah. And then all the spiders are coming after him. And it's basically the same. Like, the spider babies come after him. Like, it's the same, exact same fucking. But I, I don't mean, remember it. It's the first one, right? Oh, man. No, no, no. That's like the third one. No, that's Prisoner of Azkaban. Yes. It's the third one. Maybe it's the, the second one, one then. Because it's a Sorcerer's Stone, Chamber then Chamber of Secrets. Okay, so second one. But okay. isn't Chamber of Secrets where they fight like the dragon or the snake? Yeah, the basilisk. The yeah. basilisk. Yeah. But they but they they thought it was Hagrid because they thought it was Hagrid before when he had Aragog as a little baby. Oh. Um, and then and then he puts Aragog into the super dangerous forest that's within thirty yards of a school of children. Um <laughs> And yeah, that makes perfect sense. <laughs> what a what a interesting. I, I mean, like, first of all, and I don't. We don't need to get into this, but J.K. Simmons needs to shut the fuck up. J.K. Rowling. Yeah, I was just gonna say oh, Rollins. Sorry, sorry, Rollins. J.K. Rollins needs to shut the fuck up on Twitter. But well, I think that's people that, need to separate the material from the the author. I think people. Yeah, the the art from the artist. Yeah, yeah. I think people f- focus way too much on you know, auteur theory. And I think they shouldn't. Yeah, because but I think she should also we, know better. Well, like where did that come from? People are crazy, but people are, we don't need to get people are that. mad at Gina. What Carano I was going to say, Gina Carano is super right wing and like well, saying a bunch of trans phobic stuff, transphobic stuff and like questioning the validity of the election. So, you know, people on Twitter are trying to cancel her, but I don't know. I just, I, I understand that. And sure, she's a terrible person, but it's just I, like, yeah, she could be in the show and let her do her thing. Like as long as she's not, you know, I understand. And I'm probably under my, you know, I'm downplaying what harm she's causing, but it's so I'm just going to shut up about it. But, you know. Yeah. But at the, at the same time, it's not like her character on the show is doing those things. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you know, it's it is. Yeah. So, yeah, it's tough. It's hard. It's tough. I don't know. I really don't know where to go with that, but because it's like, yeah, we shouldn't elevate these people because then they're just continue to be elevated, and that sucks. But then that is the question: is like, do people ever truly be? Are people ever truly canceled? Like that's a whole other debate. But um, uh, we're, yeah, we're, some people are. Yeah, some people are, and we need to talk about the Mandalorian instead of cancel culture. <laughs> Right. Well, I was trying to get back to him, you know, it was it was just it was just funny to me that it was like I was like, oh, this is like that whole Harry Potter set, set piece, and then um, also like, can we not do something other than spiders? Like, I've had enough spiders. Come on, <laughs> let's let's make it something different. Like. It would have been interesting if it was like um, like a non sentient lizard type thing. Uh, that could be cool. Because then you've got this sentient lizard that we're trying to save the eggs for, and we're killing these other babies of this other. You know, that could have been an interesting sort of juxtaposition. Um, of course, it wouldn't work because 
Well, I mean, I guess there could be ice lizards. I don't know. Fucking also, different also planet, big pet peeve this week. Rules. Um, a lot of the, you know, what you missed on the Mandalorian YouTube videos, which I watched this week, were claiming that the spiders on the planet were the same spiders from on Adalon and Rebels, which is clearly yeah, not I was, true. I thought people were going to say, yeah. Clearly not true because those spiders had six out. legs and also were pretty invulnerable to laser blasts, which these spiders were not. Uh, oh, so they're not those spiders. Nerd alert. Also, Dr. Mandible, <laughs> great, great character. Love him. Not a click. A oh, yeah, Dr. Mandible was great. Yeah, not a killick yeah. from Alderaan. Alderaan is destroyed. The Killicks were long dead before that, so stop fucking... Oh, it's an insect. It must be this species. It's not. Stop it. Let it be something else. All right, that's it. Yeah, like, why... So get like get over that, and let's, let's talk about how they left the blaster shot in the corner. Like, that was cool. What? what? Did, oh. Did you, did you notice that? I didn't notice that. See, I'm not over, that big of a geek. Um, I know he over what's her name's head. There, the blaster shot was there on the wall from where Greedo shot first or shot second. Oh, I didn't. I didn't notice that. I um, I'll have to go back and watch. It. But uh, yeah, uh, yeah, and then I'll have to go watch episode five. But because <laughs> Toro Calican was in the same seat too. Yeah, but. I like cool. Pelimoto. She's she's fun. Like Amy Sedaris is she's is, growing on me. It's hilarious, and I I didn't mind her last year, but um, I just don't I don't like the missing eyebrows. Like it. That's that's what's cons- that's what's hilarious. This about comforts it. it's me. It's just like this kind of eighties, you know, crazy woman that owns a <laughs> hanger. Like it's perfect. She uh yeah, I definitely like her more this season, um, than I did last season, and. Not that that says anything, but she's uh, she definitely grows on me. Mm-hmm. Not anything Amy Sedaris did. It's just it is just kind of an annoying character, and that's just kind of what it's supposed to be. But um, it is it's also one of those sorts of things where it's like you you can sort of feel her getting into the character more. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's not she seemed a lot less stiff this season, so it's it's definitely more so much more enjoyable. Both both of them did too. Like, like yeah. the Mandalorian seems more like a interesting character as it goes on. You know, he's he's basically yeah, he's one depth. note character, but he's 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 fun. He's starting to get other notes. Yeah, 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 which is cool. Um, I don't know. Is there any more blood out of this horse we can get, or should we move on to just a quick recap of how terrible you are at fantasy? <laughs> <laughs> uh no i'm good i'm good we don't need to beat that we don't need to beat that fifth horse but uh what i feel like this i won this week didn't important. i in our league you did win this i'm pretty sure you won this week in our league i can't i can't imagine that your game came down to either one of the two teams left playing tonight that were pretty much two of the worst teams in the NFL right now, which is surprising to say one of them is the Patriots. The Patriots. Yeah. But also um, another, like so much great stuff happened this week. I mean, like Trump lost Brady lost the uh, Patriots almost lost, which would have been real great. 
um, Steelers were like on the ropes versus the Cowboys playing the worst play like that they've ever played. <laughs> and just like so much craziness going on. Seattle lost again. Like so much fun stuff. Oh, wait. The Seattle lost, right? Yeah, yeah, to the Bills. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, things turned out real well for the Rams. The Seattle lost. Did Arizona lose? Uh, Arizona lost. Um, the Bears lost. What else was there? Did the Niners lose? I don't remember. If yes, the they did. Lost or not. To the Packers. Yes, they did. Thursday so. night. Oh, that's oh, that's right. Because like they lost half their team mm-hmm. last week, and the rest of them this week. Um, and most importantly, I was projected to do one hundred and twenty-eight point six points and to lose by ten points. I ended up with one hundred and seventy-four point twelve and won by thirty points. <laughs> so I plugged in. I plugged in real good this week, and surprisingly, Derrick Henry was my lowest scoring player. He scored less than the kicker. Like, that's a crazy week. Yep. And to still come out on top, like, as soon as I saw that score from Henry, I was like, oh, man, I'm going to lose this week. No, I'm, I'm, uh, my league of record, I, I lost to, to my best friend, which was, uh, a bit upsetting. But, uh, now I'm basically in playoff mode. I've have six losses. I need to win out to make the playoffs. Uh, it's gonna be a it's gonna be a fun one. It's gonna be a fun one, but it's a little freeing because you just uh, uh, get to play some players that you normally wouldn't. Because why not? And, right. Uh, yeah. It's a little bit more freewheeling, which is a bit more fun. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, and then if I lose again, then I just have to start planning for uh, week 15. That's that's all you you know. Once you once you you're not in the playoffs, you just plan for uh not losing week 15 that's that's your goal (laughs) and uh, because we 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 give out a toilet seat to the loser oh man that's pretty fun that has anything like that we need to that has to be displayed in the the loser's home in his living area oh wow that's pretty good yeah and it's a toilet it's a wooden toilet seat with engravings of everyone who's lost so oh that's amazing yeah it's pretty fun, but uh, um, I've been in so many leagues, and I've been in one for like ten years, and we don't have any fun rituals like that. But we can't keep the same people every year, so it's it's tough. It's yeah, like, this is our first year that we retained everyone again, the ten. Wow, and that was that's pretty good. That was surprising, and we've since we stopped, found a league like six years ago. It's we've had at least one guy. We've had a one guy drop out every year, but um, dang. But yeah, it's uh, hopefully COVID will be somewhat minimized by next August, and we can go to a city and um, party it up and get back to normal. But because every year we go to a different city and um, go to a football game and have our draft there, we did New Orleans in twenty nineteen, so. Um, that's pretty good. Yeah, Vegas would have been the spot this year. Huh? Yeah, I've been talking about Vegas, but um, we we've already been there once, but that was before we kind of set the goal of a a, te- a different stadium every year. But Vegas has a new stadium, so we can go back. Mm, exactly. 
And uh, oh, so that was my point because yeah. it's they got that new cool the Death Star, so they call it. Oh, that's what they call it. Uh huh. All right. Well, anyway, some people have been calling it that. <laughs> I don't think it's official, but that's like their their little moniker that people have been calling it. Yeah. The Death Which, Star instead of the Black Hole. I like the Black Hole better, but you got to move on sometimes. Yeah. Well. But anyway, I think I think that about wraps it up, and uh, I think next week we'll probably talk about uh, Trump's attempted coup, ongoing coup, and hopefully it's a uh, a non-effective one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, like I said, Fox News has already turned on him for the most part. Most of the other Republicans are selling him out already. He doesn't have much backing anymore. So, uh, yeah, and uh, Mitch McConnell has what he wants. He doesn't have to deal with Trump anymore, and yeah. uh, he he has the he's, he's already the got point the judicial leverage. appointments he needs. Right, so, and that's my yeah. fifth beating of the horse. Uh, there you go. <laughs> all right. Well, I think that I think that ends it for, for today. And so I'm Sam. I'm Kyle. And this always could be better. This could be better. Fuck Donald Trump.